Welcome to the Adventures After Teaching podcast. If you're an exhausted teacher, this is your place to find inspiration for a new career outside of the classroom. I'm your host, Joanne Howard, primary teacher turned burnout and career coach. I'll be interviewing lots of amazing ex-teachers about their career changes and helping you see how you can use your transferable skills to leave teaching. Hello, everybody. If you're joining us this lunchtime, thank you very much to Alice for coming to talk to us today about her transition out of teaching. Welcome, Alice. Thank you so much for coming to join us today. Thank you so much for having me. These calls are so inspirational for people considering leaving to see that not only are there all these wonderful, wonderful things to do, but also a lot of the teachers that have left were in a really similar place and had no idea of where they were going to be in two or three years' time. So it's really inspiring. So yes, thank you. Thank you ever so much. So Alice, you were, were you primary to start yes. with? Tell us a little bit about your beginnings as a teacher then. How, where did it all start? Yeah, so for me, if I'm totally honest, I don't think I ever intended to become a teacher. I kind of became a teacher by mistake. Um, And I know that that sounds a bit strange, but to understand that, I probably have to go back a few years prior to starting teaching. So I did my undergrad in psychology. Um, because I was just fascinated by the way that the mind works, the way that the brain works. I have discovered that whenever you tell someone you're a psychologist, you get this weird look from them and they're like, they try and keep their face the same, but their eyes panic because they're like, oh, you're going to try and read my mind. (laughs) They can see the judgment in my eyes. (laughs) But I I very quickly discovered like, that's just not what psychology is about. It's such a vast subject area and for me I think I joined the world of psychology at a really interesting time because there's always been a huge focus in psychology on like clinical psychology and the mental health side of it and I actually thought that was where I would go um, but towards the end of my degree I could see all of my colleagues going off in that direction and I was like that's like 80% of psychologists were going off to work in the clinical field yeah. I was like I just I was like it's 23% of the population that need that support so we obviously we need psychologists there but I was like what about everyone else you know what about the the 77% of us that don't fall into a clinical box like where do they go what do they do how do they get support and actually off the back of a conversation with an old family friend um who at the time was the director of education for the highlands in scotland um he'd said to me oh alice we're crying out for educational psychologists have you thought about that route and i started to explore a little bit and thought you know what that looks really interesting i feel like i would be helping young people um i feel like i would be using that psychology bit yeah that sounds great oh by the way you have to have some teaching experience before you join up. And I was like, okay, so I couldn't even apply for the course I wanted to do unless I had teaching experience. Uh, I'd been obviously um, at uni for a few years. I was also coaching gymnastics with young people at quite a high level. So I had some kind of teaching experience, but I really needed that formal experience. So almost by surprise to me, I found myself training to be a primary school teacher. Um, Yeah, it was was a bit of a, a whirlwind. And then as once I qualified, I just kept finding myself with with really young children um so at every job that I sort of went up for they're like oh you'll love working in nursery or primary one which is like reception nice. um up in Scotland so like you're, you're very early stage and it, I'll be honest it wasn't the right place for me small children terrify me um they stink uh, and they drool and they touch you all of the time and even before Covid I was not okay with that um so <laughs> after a few years yeah 
after a few years in the classroom, I was like, right, okay, I like working with people. I'm not sure that the tiny little version of people are the ones that I want to be working with, though. Yeah, yeah. So did you end up going down the EdSight route then? Did you train and practice? No, I got a bit distracted along the way because I, to give a bit of context to this, when I trained to be a teacher in Scotland, it was right at that moment where we actually, believe it or not, had too many teachers. So competition for jobs at the time was unbelievable. You know, everybody was on temporary contracts. If you could even secure a temporary contract, people were like over the moon. So it was a really competitive and stressful kind of like job space. In the local authority that I live in, East Lothian, just outside of Edinburgh, you had to interview to be accepted onto the supply list. So we had like a preferred candidate um, sort of performance to go through essentially to even get on the supply list. Now, strangely enough, I had just been offered a full-time permanent teaching job, which was essentially gold dust um, at the time. But because of the kind of conditions of the job market, I'd kind of almost been forced to look elsewhere. So at one point I'd been looking, because I've got a gymnastics um, background, I'd been looking at um, becoming a performance lifestyle advisor with um, Sports Scotland, which weirdly I was offered the job um, the same day as I was offered the teaching job. And um, I I turned them both down because I had been offered an interview for the organisation that I now work with. So when I was in my sort of that that last year of, of, well, what was now my last year of my teaching career, we had an in-service day, like an in-set training day, where this company that I'd never heard of called Tree of Knowledge came along to deliver some training. And you know what it's like with training, like some of it's really good and it's enjoyable and it's nice for everyone to get together, but some of it's also really rubbish. Um, some of it, some of it's just death by PowerPoint. And if I'm honest, we'd had a session in the morning, which was terrible. I can't even remember what it was about, but it was just one of those awful teacher training sessions where you just were like, your face was hurting at the end of it, trying to keep your eyes open. And then this guy came in, this guy called Gavin Oates, the managing director of Tree of Knowledge, came in and I was like, oh, who's this Muppet coming in here to tell us how to do our jobs? I bet he doesn't even know what we do every day. And it was honestly one of the most like inspirational sessions I'd ever sat in and it had such a profound effect on me that I uh, I'm going to be honest it was after a glass of wine or two I uh, sent him an email asking for a job Um, I didn't happen to know that they were advertising at the time so they were actually looking for somebody to join their team Um, and he was like yeah yeah we're interviewing just now come along have an interview and I remember one of the questions I was asked at the interview was like have you got anything to ask us and I was like yeah what is the job you know like I'd never seen a job spec I didn't know what it was I just got this amazing feel from this guy and what he was talking about because he stood up there and he spoke about who we were about why we do what we do about what it is that gives you the fire in your belly that gets you out of bed and the morning and you know what in my my early days of teaching it was there but by this point and in this horrible competitive job market that we were in um, we were also in Scotland going through a transition from our old 5 to 14 curriculum to the curriculum for excellence that we now teach under so it was a huge period of change and it was just it was a really unsettled time and I don't think there's such a thing as a settled time in teaching to be honest with you but I just remember it feeling really unsettled And I was so new in the profession that I think in some ways I hadn't been sucked in yet 
you know I hadn't been kind of indoctrined into this is it and this is what you're doing for the rest of your life it was like oh there's another shiny bright opportunity over here let's go and see that confidence as well to actually go for something else and see yourself doing something differently yeah yeah and it was it was it was an interesting experience because when they told me what the job was at that point it was a pupil speaker which essentially would mean I'd be traveling around high schools which if I'm honest, made me want to vomit in my mouth because like, oh my God, I'm qualified to work in primary. I can't deal with teenagers. They're terrifying. But I was like, you know what? Let's let's go with the process and see where it goes. Um, and a few weeks later, having just turned down the other two um, job offers, like having not even been offered this job yet, um, I very fortunately was offered the job. And that's almost 11 years ago now. So 11 years. My job's very different now. I'm now a director of the business. Um, I work both in education and in the corporate world. But what I'm really lucky about is that I kind of got back to that psychology part that I loved. Um, and you asked if, I, if I'd gone down that ed psych route. I actually ended up going down a totally different route. And to be honest, when I started my psychology career the route that I've gone down didn't really exist because I'm what's known as a positive psychologist these days um, which has obviously grown a huge amount of momentum particularly in education you know you look at Carol Dweck you look at the Martin Seligman work it's there it's embedded but 12 well when I what 15 16 years ago when I started out that was just getting off the ground so I was I was actually really fortunate. I think teaching came along at the right time for me, gave me the knowledge and experience of what it means to be in the classroom, but also gave me enough of a glimpse of what that could look like long term. And I just, you know, I had to put my big girl pants on and say, I don't think this is right for me. You know, and I took the leap and I've had some stressful moments since, but I don't think I've looked back. No, that's the thing you don't, one doesn't regret it. Does one. (laughs) One does not, no. At the time, you can feel it's such a huge, momentous thing to do. And it, like you say, it does require to put your big girl pants on and be really brave. But that bravery is paid back time and time again, isn't it? You just say, like, people, people look at you like you're mad, though. They're like, what, do you, what about the holidays? And I'm like, what about the holidays? Like, But you won't get all the holidays. Like, no, I won't get all the holidays. But I also probably won't have quite as much, like, stress and madness. And then they're like, but, but what about the job security? And I'm like... I don't think job security is the right reason to stay in a job always. You know, I think like obviously we have commitments and I was lucky at the time I um, was living with my fiance now husband. We didn't have any like commitments at the time. We could take a bit of a financial risk. You know, we were just out of uni. We were used to being skint. So (laughs) taking that financial leap at the time didn't seem as scary as it could have. I don't think. Um, but yeah, I, re- I remember particularly some of the the slightly older teachers at the time because I was an NQT and that like quite a young teacher, um, and the first few years are going. What What do you mean you're leaving? Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why not? And they're like, but it's scary out there. And I'm like, it's only scary if you don't know. It's it's that classic thing of like, if you think there's a monster in the dark, you put the light on, you know. Yeah. Um, unless you have a look and see what's there, I could always go back. You know, I think that was the nice thing. Was like I could always go back. I'm a qualified teacher. I could I could still go back. You know, if I wanted yeah. to. It's um, like the safety net's there, so it's it's not the scariest jump in the world. No, no, and that's the thing. I think when you go straight from university as well, which a lot of us do, you've never really been in the real world, and that makes it so much scary. It's like where the grown ups live. And we, we haven't yet mixed with the road, which is ridiculous. The, the different stakeholders we deal with on a day to day basis and the way in which we have to yeah, communicate and manage people is, um, yeah, 
obviously the same there's so many different industries and we just take it for granted don't we so what does your day-to-day look like then or your you know week by week I imagine it's quite varied isn't it? so yeah so I would say a lot of it happens here now courtesy yeah. of uh, courtesy of darling covid um but actually in terms of what I'm doing and what I'm delivering it's really varied so as I said I started out as a pupil speaker which meant I was working with young people in schools If I'm really honest, I haven't done a huge amount of that for probably the last six or seven years. Um, We realise we still have a huge part of the business that works solely in education, delivering sort of mindset workshops and um, kind of like, just all different kind of motivational learning experiences for young people. But we also were working with staff in schools. And when we started working with staff, we quite quickly had like teachers coming up going oh my, my wife's company could really do with this or oh my sister's company could do this, or my husband's company could do with this do you do anything for the business world so what we started doing was saying well what would that look like um and we started to create a bunch of courses and a bunch of resources that would translate into the corporate world um at the same time as that I was having my first child um, pretty much the same time I decided to start my master's degree in applied positive psychology um, and we were trying to build this area of the business so it was a hectic time like we're a small business so it was kind of all hands on deck even during that kind of maternity leave period um, but my day-to-day these days as a result of all of that hard work is very varied so I do a huge amount of work in education, particularly delivering to staff. So we do like middle leadership programs. Um, Our signature program is called Vibe for Middle Leaders, which is really about discovering who you are as a teacher, who you are as a leader. And it draws on all the kind of positive psychology theory and how we apply that. You know, I'm a big believer in theory is lovely in a journal, but it gets dusty on a shelf you need to be living it and breathing it and keeping it alive so it's about how as as teachers do we apply that to our daily practice I also do lots of work with graduates so we've got very strong partnerships with um, an organization called Infor which are based in the northwest of England Um, they're actually like experts in the tech space so they do all their kind of I don't really understand what they do. Um, They help graduates understand how like Amazon web services work and how to become programmers and everything in the digital tech space. And I come along and teach them how to like be reasonable human beings. (laughs) It's it's more of those kind of like life skills type uh, personal development projects that I deliver. But over and above like the different types of programs we deliver um, that take up a lot of my time, I'm also running helping run a business. So although we're a small business, business there's a team of five of us who um who work together to to run it we've got a few additional employees over and above that but that like my week can look like anything from a marketing meeting to a strategy meeting followed by a keynote speech delivered on zoom um suddenly you're into like a, a eight week long program that you're delivering so it's really really varied um now most of it happens here in my little summer house in the garden which uh, is a, a, I think most people got covid puppies I got a covid summer house it's definitely different from from pre-covid when I was traveling a lot so there was a time where I would be probably up and down the country two three nights a week um but yeah it's 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 fab though you know it's always different and the people that you're working with are always different and they can be high school teachers they can be uh, last week I was working with district nurses from the NHS um to like some of your your big shot companies doing like sort of strategy training and things so for me it allows me to kind of jigsaw all the stuff that I love together wow fantastic fantastic sounds really interesting as well how you've diversified the niche that must have been quite 
a tricky pivot in terms of the marketing because you've got your online platform as well haven't you oh yes so yes our online platform was born out of covid um so we've got a platform called treehouse which is essentially designed to help teachers deliver mental well-being um effectively in school that's not just based on mental health you know we, we obviously the mental health field is really important and we need to focus on it but mental health and mental well-being are kind of a spectrum. And if we're not teaching how we care for ourselves, how we appreciate our strengths, how we how, how we even deal with things like conflict when they're not necessarily a negative mental health point, then we're probably not really building resilience in young people. So like, I could honestly say those first few weeks of lockdown for us, we 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 uh, yeah, we had a moment. <laughs> we definitely had a moment because we're a business you know like I'll hold my hands up and say we're a business and we saw hundreds of events just fall out of our diary overnight um and it was hard you know like as a as a business leader we had to make really horrible painful decisions and we had to go through redundancy processes we obviously took advantage of the furlough scheme at the time but we made some really tough decisions really early on as a business. And then we said, right, how do we continue to deliver what we do? Like our, our vision is to inspire the world. You know, and for a very long time, we've inspired high schools in Scotland and maybe a few dotted around England. And we were like, actually, this is a really amazing opportunity for us right now to take what we do. We don't have all the events in our diary which are the reason that we never have time to sit down and do something that we've yeah. been talking about for a long time. Like all those events have gone. What if we actually just take this opportunity to create this online platform? And we were terrified, you know, because we're, we, we wouldn't consider ourselves techie in any way. Um, like even when we were delivering presentations, a lot of it was just us up talking, maybe with a flip chart behind us. Yeah. You know, we, we deliberately didn't use PowerPoint. You know, we deliberately used lots of sort of energetic, fun activities to get people up on their feet and moving and talking. We're like, well, how do we do that in an online platform? So Treehouse was born out of a huge amount of stress, but very quickly as a as an organisation gave us a real focus, particularly those first four or five months of COVID, where we essentially created a platform for young people aged three to 18 um, and staff as well. So there's a huge section in there for staff and it contains lots of little modules. So sort of half hour long modules that are a mixture of little videos, little things to sort of read and share with a class and then activities to follow up. They're essentially lesson plans. You know, they are ready to go at the touch of a button. And we've been so fortunate because we launched last October um, with a huge sort of marketing campaign and we've got over 350 schools signed up, I think, already. And we've got our second run of new modules and new material coming to it in August. So, yeah, so it's been a, a bit of a whirlwind, um, but it's great because it's given us a chance to be creative. You know, and take all the little snippets of of like amazingness that we do in all of our workshops and boil it down to like the really important little points that we feel can really help young people. And that's just additional income when we get back to normal, as it were. Like- oh, absolutely! Like, and that we're like, my goodness, if if we if we keep this really good quality. And it's a subscription package. So if people continue to subscribe, you know, as a business, it allows us to be so much stronger um, and actually be a bit braver in what we do because we're not sort of saying, right, we need to sell this number of training days in order to do that. If we've got some of that coming in already, we can do bigger, better things. 
Yeah, and hopefully not travelling around so much. It must have been quite tough, like, initially with the children. And, yeah. yeah. So I, because I'd been doing it for a while before I had my, my first child, so my daughter's seven, um, like, I was kind of used to the travelling and my husband was used to the travelling and my husband runs his own business. He's a dog walker um, and an ultramarathon runner because why wouldn't you be? So he has probably a slightly different lifestyle to a lot of, of um, a, a lot of other haves, I suppose. Yeah. So that actually gave us a real opportunity for me to pretty much say, right, okay, I am going to do this because I love it. Yeah. I'm a big believer in the idea that if you love something, you should go after it. And I've got a daughter and a son, but at the time I had a daughter, and I was like I want my daughter to see that I work to see that I work about in something that I care about that yes sometimes that means I have to be away but it also meant that the time that I was home was like much more quality time then Covid comes and turns that on its head and I was like I have to be at home all all of the time and my children are here what is going on but actually I have to be honest I really enjoy delivering online Um, and I really like that it allows me to work with more people yeah. And spend much less time on a motorway. Um, there's a lot to be said for being in a room with people. You know, I think that'll come back. I think there will definitely be a time where we're, we're back up in, up in front of like in service days or doing conferences or keynotes or that sort of thing. But for me, I think the ideal moving forward would be a real balance. So some of our longer programs work really well virtually because I can bring people together from different local authorities that I'd never have been able to do before. But it also means that you can work with more people in a day. So, yeah. Such an exciting time. Yeah, where the company will be this time next year. It's just going to be amazing, amazing. So in terms of any of us sat at home that, you know, are still in teaching and thinking, I've always had a fascination with well-being, positive psychology, whatever it is. What would you suggest in terms of the job market? So I think I would suggest, like, knowing your stuff. You know, like, the world of well-being is... It, it's booming just now you know like you even you just have to look to the gymnastics yesterday I don't know if you watched the gymnastics yesterday gymnastics fanatic here but Simone Biles the greatest of all time pulled out of the competition to protect her own mental well-being you know because the pressure was was so acute I think we've got a much better understanding of mental well-being these days than ever before and we talk about it so much more openly even than when I started 11 years ago at Tree of Knowledge one of the things that if you are really interested in this space, I would recommend is that you you find your niche and you go with it. You know, find the thing that you care about and that you're interested in. Learn it inside out. You know, I think often as teachers, we, we're, we're used to the kind of continuous professional learning that we're meant to do. But we don't always maybe engage with it. Like we, sometimes we do it because it's a tick box exercise, whereas actually you can use that as a way to really become an expert in your field. And if you're an expert in your field, if you know it inside out, if you've put in the time, then that's where you can really apply it out with the classroom. Yeah. It can be really easy to get like sucked into the kind of pop psychology. Um, and there's so many sort of myths about well-being that kick about that just there's something that just drive me mad. You know, it's like yeah, it, even simple things like people saying, oh, these two things cause each other. I'm like, no, they don't. It's a correlation. It's not a causation. Yeah. Um, like you, you need if you're going to talk about well-being, you need to get it right, because if you get it wrong, then you could be giving somebody a really poor piece of advice. So I would say, like, if you're sitting thinking, right, I'm really interested in well-being, then go and learn about it, immerse yourself in it. 
even if you stay in teaching longer term, it's going to make you a better teacher because you'll be better at looking after your own and others' well-being. You'll be better at probably implementing different strategies in the classroom to, to build resilience in other people. And if you do take the plunge and say, right, I want to leave, I want to, whether it's go into the third sector and work with a charity to do this or whether it's set up on your own and become a coach, just getting to know the stuff that makes you tick is what's going to help you sell yourself, whether you go into a different industry or whether you set up on your own. Absolutely. And it may well be that that niche comes to you. It's, it's difficult, isn't it, with niching? Because often the niche will find you. And yeah. the more you do, the more you understand what lights you up and what feels heavy. And so initially it, it can be quite difficult when looking at courses, I suppose. But um, the positive psychology courses out there at the moment are looking more um, accessible. There seems to be more about... Are there any particular good ones that you've heard of, apart from going down the full master's route? Um, yeah, so there's there's lots available. Um, I obviously went down the master's route because I I come from a family of academics. You know, by doing psychology, I was almost the black sheep of the family because they're like chemists and physicists and do stuff that I don't understand. So I think for me, the academic route always made sense. Um, I'm probably not even finished when it comes to that side of things. You know, I'm quite interested. Like now that I'm interested in business, I might go down like MBA route and stuff and pull it all together. So the master's route was obviously the route that I went down. But there are so many sort of short courses available, just like a, a look online will um, sort of point you in the right direction. You can jump on to Angela Duckworth's um, Character Academy and there's loads of resources on there. Um, she, if you, if you don't know Angela Duckworth, she's the grit lady. Um, she's also the host of one of my favourite podcasts, No Stupid Questions, um, which is just a great way to start, like, kind of dipping your toe in the water a little bit um but as you say there's so many more courses than there were and a lot of them come along with things like either coaching or counseling as well so you're not only learning the theory you're also able to apply it thank you so much for your time Alice we really really appreciate it if anybody's obviously got any questions and want to put in the group later on just put hashtag replay and I can pass them over to Alice I'm sure she will come back so so I'll put the link to Treehouse as well Alice for us to have a look at because I've had a look it's fantastic it looks like such an amazing resource and yeah the the vibe course as well looks fantastic the program you've written there for middle leaders looks really really interesting so hopefully people have have a poke around that but thank you so much it's really yeah helping people see that there are plenty of things out there and I love the story of just emailing you know if 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 somebody or something resonates with you just reaching out we had similarly yesterday and if track them down on LinkedIn contact them ask them like how you go about having a conversation because it's so worth it isn't it and I would even think like if I look back at our recruitment processes over the last little while yeah we've got the job advert out there but it's the ones that reach out to you personally and like connect with you you're like oh when you see that name out of 50 applicants you go, oh I spoke to them already you know so it's it's even just making yourself more likely to be a successful candidate if you do apply just by making that bit of human contact 100% Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for all the amazing work you're all doing in the wellbeing space in schools as well. I love the fact it's reaching teachers um, yeah, and shifting potentially that cynicism and that, that negative space and yeah, teaching them the tools of positive psychology, which is not a small thing at all. It's huge. It's huge. So thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. And I am going to sign out with the Facebook group. So thanks, everybody, for coming. Do share with anybody you think might like to listen to this. Take care. You've been listening to the Adventures After Teaching podcast with Joanne Howard. 
If you found this episode inspiring, please do like and share with other teachers. If you'd like to hear even more adventures after teaching, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to find out how the Adventures After Teaching Academy programme can help you create your next career, head over to adventuresafterteaching.com.